everyone. This is a little spooky podcast about things that spook us a little bit, like aliens, cryptids, conspiracies, or when your cats interrupt your podcast with a jarring jump scare. My name is Everett. <laughs> and I'm Colleen. I apologize. And that cat's name was Charizard. And Mudkip. We have two cats. Yes, and they suck. I listened to the last episode. I wanted to keep that in, but it was definitely obviously unexpected and it did scare me i knew it was coming and it still scared me so I'm i apologize still, i i legitimately was not exaggerating when i said i almost feed my pants yeah luckily <laughs> i've got great bladder control i don't even know what they did still i they must have knocked over something and it's not like we're hoarders or anything but i still can't figure out like i have no what idea what the hell they did i don't know but fuck you charizard and mudkip it was definitely charizard he's He's a large cat. We don't have enough badges to control him. That's so true. Well, what are we talking about today, Colleen? Well, I was just spending my time thinking back about the good old days, the before times. Do you remember what you were doing in the before times? Pretty much the same thing I'm doing now. Really? What I'm are you doing now? The answer is nothing, because the world ended in 2012. <laughs> yeah, okay, I was going to say, I'm basically doing nothing, so. The world ended in 2012. I don't know if the audience knew that, but I'm about to explain why and how. Okay, so I before you even get into this, I do want to say we did briefly mention this in a previous episode. Yes, and it's been eating at my brain ever since. So, and I, I, I'm trying to remember the context of why we were talking about this. Do you remember was what it the it was? Was it the Georgia Guidestones, maybe? Possibly. Yeah. I don't remember. But, and I, I mean, when this kind of went viral, this whole story. 2019. Yeah. When this all went viral, I remember reading it then. So this was a couple years ago now. I remember the gist, but I obviously know you're going to talk oh, in I detail will. about this. But we all died in 2012, right? We didn't die. But the world did end. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. Just before I start, what do you remember of life before the year 2012? Or, you know, before December 21st, 2012? Um, I remember that was an election year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I remember there was an election. Um, what else happened around then? Um, people were freaking out that the world was going to end. I remember that. Right. Like every, you know, clickbait news article was about how are we going to die tomorrow? Okay, but like for you, does the world feel like it changed? I mean. And let's not talk about the Rona. None yeah, yeah, of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all sick of hearing about that. Right. Between your childhood and now, other than like nostalgia about the good old days, does the world feel different to you? The the one thing that really does come to mind is it feels like time moves much more quickly now. I don't know if that's just a natural thing because I'm getting older or is it because of this? I think that's a natural thing because you're getting older. And I actually read an article about that a long time ago, and yeah. I have no sources and don't remember it in any way except for the one sentence in there that said... By the time you turn seven, you have essentially lived half of your life right. in terms of perception time of time. Time moves so much more slowly when you're little because, like, if you're five years old, half of your life is two and a half years ago. But right. Half of my life ago now was 15 years ago. So. Right. So, but to, but to you, like, life has moved on. It, not, it doesn't, you feel like you're living in the same world you lived in in 2012. I mean, 
personally, I mean, obviously with like life changes, like moving cities and states and right. all that, all that aside, I will say the one thing that does seem different between before 2012 and now, it does definitely seem like there's more disaster news all mm-hmm. the time. Like there's a lot more like negative news. It feels like it. It does feel for like sure. it. Yeah. Well, a lot of people think that that is a legitimate point. Right. That's something that has actually changed between 2012 and now. And that is because the world ended in 2012 and we're actually in an alternate universe or our consciousness has been uploaded to a contraption of some kind or we're in hell. Right. In 2019, a man named Nick Hinton posted a thread on Twitter outlining how he thinks the world might have ended, and this became a large phenomenon. I did do a lot of my own research for this, but I want to attribute the whole idea and, like, the flow of this to the originator of all of these theories, and that is Nick Hinton. Okay. If you Google him, I mean, you can just Google, did the world end in 2012, Nick Hinton, and you can read the whole thread. Yeah. It's a it's he doesn't go super in depth into everything, but it's interesting enough that it leads you down a bunch of rabbit holes. And I remember him leaving a lot of links, if I'm correct, yes. about like the specific topics he talks about. Yeah. So if you want to do further research about like a specific thing, then right. you get some background. Or you can listen to me yeah. tell you what happened and why we don't exist anymore. Got it. Okay, so he doesn't talk about this, but I got to get the first the first thing everybody thinks about when they think about the end of the world in 2012 is the Mayan calendar. Right. He doesn't talk about that because it it's is like, actually a load of crap. And I mean, it's literally a calendar. It, it just, is. They just stopped at 2012. Sort of. Yes. So the ancient Maya. And yes, I know I pronounce ancient wrong. I refuse to change. It's ancient. The ancient Maya were an incredibly advanced people. The peak of their civilization was around 600 CE. Yeah. And their culture in terms of science, like far surpassed what what I imagine when I think of ancient culture. You know, you kind of think of primitive people, but no, this was not the case. Well, and I imagine especially with like um, the ability to build certain types of buildings, that's what they excelled. Especially if I remember correctly. Right, right. They had monuments, elaborate cities. They had like a city on the water. And they had a a super sophisticated calendar system that happens to end on December 21st, 2012. Here's the thing. It's really complex and it's called the calendar round. Each cycle of this calendar lasts 52 years. And at the end of that 52 years, it just resets itself like a clock. Right. So the problem with that is because it's a cyclical calendar and not linear time like we think of it. Yeah. They can't record past and future events in the same way we can. Yeah. It's you know, like, like it, if it, it resets if it's, after 52 right, years. Right. If it's beyond 52 years, it's going to be difficult to keep track in a linear way of what may have happened Unless in previous they, cycles. Sure, at least with that specific calendar, but I'm sure they were like first cycle, second cycle, third cycle. If well, they, to. they actually fixed it in a different way. So oh. they have that calendar round, but around the year 300 BC, they created another calendar to get around this called the long count. 
And it's still a cyclical calendar. That must just be how they imagine time. Sure. But instead of 52 years, this calendar is 5,126 years. I'm not sure where the calculations came from right, that yeah, time yeah. to the other Very time. different from how we measure time. Basically, so. they just got around it by making the calendar round way, 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 way longer. Sure. So essentially, anybody like 5,000 years in the future is going to be the one who's going to have to worry about how to record future events. Right. The starting point of this long count calendar was August 11th, 3,114 BCE. I'm not sure... Yeah, I wonder Again, why they chose that. I didn't, and I didn't look into no, it. I'm I, sure there's yeah, some... Yeah, I know. I'm just trying, I'm just wondering, like, I wonder if it had something to do with, like, astrology or I'm something. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. But the cycle was slated, obviously, 5,126 and some years to end December 21st, 2012. Right. This, however, was not meant to be a predictor of the end of days. It was just a reset of the clock. Right. There's a 1,300-year-old stone tablet in Mexico, and that's where the origination of this end of the world comes from. It's a very badly deteriorated stone tablet that potentially has a prediction that the god of creation will come at the end of this cycle and destroy everything, oh. and there will be a cataclysmic apocalypse. Interesting. I didn't know that. Well, the thing is, that's highly disputed because sure. it's an incredibly badly damaged and easily misread tablet. Okay. So uh, there's the majority of Mayan scholars say that that reading of it is just garbage, and that it's all it means is it's the end of one cycle and the beginning of another. Right. So. Sorry, everybody, if you thought the Mayans knew what they were doing, but they just Well, they happened. knew what they were doing. It's they did. Just, if you, the people that interpreted that didn't know what they were thinking. Right. But they did happen to correctly predict the year the world ended because the world ended in 2012. <laughs> right. Yes. I forgot. Right. Keep that in mind. We're not here. The world is gone. Wake up, sheeple. Yeah. Okay. So the real reason the world might have ended the Higgs boson particle. Mm -hmm. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Higgs so. boson particle, also called the, the God, God particle. particle. I know a little bit about this. By yes. Stephen Hawking. Okay, so this is like a complicated sciencey bit, and Everett is way more of a sciencey science face than I am. Well, specifically with this, I'm going to guess, since you did research on it, you're going to know more about sure. it. But I, what I remember is Stephen Hawking saying, like, two years later after it was discovered, mm -hmm. um, in like 2014 or 2015, maybe he said something like if improperly handled or something, this particle could cause a black hole. Mm -hmm. So the something idea, like that. Yeah. So the idea was that we could get sucked into a black hole or it could like create a rift in space time or something like that. Right. Let me let me break her down sure. for you. Yeah, yeah. The Higgs boson particle is the manifestation of an energy field. There's an energy field that permeates the entire universe, and it's called the Higgs field. Yeah. This field, for reasons I don't understand, because <laughs> my brain is not wired that way, this field is thought to be the reason why particles have mass. Essentially, it's the reason we exist. Okay. Field itself, the Higgs field, was largely thought to be a theory 
like, you know, just a way for scientists to to explain why things have been happening yep. the way that they have until 2012. In Geneva, the scientists at CERN used the Large Hadron Collider and actually discovered what they think is the Higgs boson particle, right. which essentially proves, quote unquote, the existence of the Higgs field. Yeah. The Higgs field penetrates the entire universe, which means that it affects the vacuum of empty space time in the universe. Right. So there's there's Earth, there's stars, there's mass, there's things. And in between all of that dark matter, dark matter, empty space time. Now that they've discovered the Higgs boson particle, they found that the total mass of this particle is 126 times the mass of a proton. Okay. The mass of the Higgs boson particle is related somehow to how stable the vacuum of space and time is. So if it was a little bit smaller, like a percentage point smaller or a percentage point larger, mm-hmm. it, that would mean that the universe is completely stable. But for some reason, 126 times is the exact percentage difference in mass that means it deems the entire universe unstable. It has the potential to collapse in on itself. Right. So this entire field created of Higgs boson particles that permeates the entire universe is essentially on the verge of collapsing in on itself. You know, as I was saying, if the mass of the particle were just a few percentage points different either way, it means that the universe would last forever, like completely stable. Right. But that ain't it. And science is fairly certain at some point, high energy levels are going to cause the Higgs boson particle or the Higgs field in general to become completely unstable. When one of those particles becomes unstable, it creates a black hole, Mm -hmm. a a vacuum. And because that's connected to all of the other particles in the field, it's going to create a catastrophic vacuum decay that's going to collapse the entirety of space time as we know it. Right. So, so it's not just a black hole that would happen. It would be the entire universe sucks in on itself. Basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like you've heard of the Big Bang and that's how the universe started. It'd be the exact opposite. This is like the big crunch. Yeah. They referred to it as like it all kind of just collapses in on itself. The right. thing is, the universe is so huge. This could happen at any point and it would take a while. To, I don't know if it would take a while. Well, I'm about to get to that. So how, like, why hasn't this happened yet? Mm -hmm. Why hasn't energy collapsed the universe? First, we don't know that it hasn't. Second, Higgs field emerged at the birth of the universe, and it slowly changes to find an optimal balance of strength and energy. So currently, the Higgs field they've determined is in what is called a minimum potential energy state, which means if you picture like a bunch of hills and valleys, we're currently in a valley. Okay. But it's working to move up towards the top of a hill. Right. And in order to do that, a huge amount of energy is required. Like it has to chug its way up the top of this hill, slowly gaining more and more and more energy until it gets to the top when it has potential energy and then it falls down to the bottom of the next hill. Right. Does that make any sense? Yes. Okay. Any random fluctuation in this intense chug a lug process all the way up to the top screws the cycle yep triggers a process called quantum tunneling and instead of climbing 
to the top of the next hill, it would tunnel through the hill directly into the next valley, which has lower energy than the valley it's currently in. Mm -hmm. And as you know, I I am thinking of pressure, but like that would create a vacuum, essentially. This would occur somewhere in the empty space between galaxies, and it would create a giant vacuum bubble that would shrink atoms, disintegrate atomic nuclei, and leave hydrogen as the only element left in the universe. I couldn't figure out why that was, but that's interesting. Well, the reason that would be that, like, why is because hydrogen is the smallest, um, like, nuclear or whatever. It's like nucleic number. So it has one proton, one atom, or one proton, one electron. So if everything, like, all the molecules are, like, ripped from each other, everything will eventually become hydrogen. Like, everything breaks down. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. You're right. Well, this vacuum bubble would expand at the speed of light and be completely unstoppable. So it's not an instantaneous process. It has to happen atom by atom by atom at the speed of light, slowly eating the universe. At the speed of light. At the speed of light, yes. But think, imagine how giant the universe is. that's true. Obviously, these are predictions based on the discovery of this particle. So any new information that's found, new particles, new information about how this particle acts could completely change that entire theory and this could all be rendered useless. But as of right now, scientists predict that it's only a matter of time until this giant vacuum bubble consumes us all. Sure, but I mean, a matter of time could be billions of years from now. Yes. Or it could have been nine years ago. Right, exactly. (laughs) Stephen Hawking himself warned that the danger of this particle is too great to be ignored, but... It's not going to happen for at least 10 to the 58th power number of years. Okay. So billions of years. Yeah. And by then, we'll most likely be extinct and none of this will matter anyway. We for sure will, unless we leave Earth. Right. Yeah. However, as Everett just said, this may have already happened. And since the space is infinitely large, that bubble just hasn't reached us yet. And if it does happen, we would have no way of knowing because it would essentially for us be instantaneous speed of light. So my question, though, is if we were screwing around with the God particle here on Earth, Mm -hmm. would this potentially set off a reaction starting in our point in the universe or could it have triggered something elsewhere? So like if this already did happen, wouldn't we have all died a quick and hopefully painless death? Yes. So it's possible that the discovery of the I mean, to answer your question, Yes, it could happen here. It can happen at any point. Well, in the right, universe, but I'm saying if, per- when they the discovered it in 2012, if that set off a chain reaction that was screwing with the Higgs field or whatever it was, mm-hmm. wouldn't that have changed things starting here? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it's possible that the discovery of the Higgs boson particle, by discovering it, the scientists at CERN accidentally triggered the event. By providing the incorrect amount of energy, destabilizing the atom, and actually creating the vacuum bubble where they were instantaneously sucking us into a vacuum. Right. That sounds, honestly, even to me, a conspiracy theorist, ridiculous. Wouldn't you have noticed? We wouldn't be here. No one knows what's inside a black hole, though. Exactly. There are actual physicists who think that this possibly could have happened. So... Without getting even into more science and boring your pants off, even though, honestly, this is super interesting to me, there's reason for some physicists to believe that a multiverse exists. Mm -hmm. 
I'm when I picture this as I was reading it, I was thinking, you know, the men in black where they've got the galaxy. Yeah, the very end of the movie. You mean. Yes. Well, the, the, there's a whole galaxy in the cat's collar chain thing. Something like that. And it looks like a marble. And then at the very end, you zoom out and you realize that that galaxy is within our galaxy, which is in its own marble, which is being played with by a bunch of weird, like, giant space occupy. Yeah. And I think this idea, octopuses. if you've seen Ant-Man, I think that idea is potentially referenced to when he goes super particle small. Like, the, the idea is, like, alluded to that the deeper you go, like, the more microscopic you go, it kind of works like a circle yes. where you're just well, kind of it's entering been... a new galaxy or the same galaxy. Like, if you keep going smaller, then yeah. you get bigger, smaller, bigger, smaller, bigger. But, yeah. Exactly. So, basically, the theory is there's a bunch of universes that are existing simultaneously. Ours is not the only universe right. that exists. And a black hole is a vacuum that sucks everything in including light and some physicists theorize that due to the enormous amounts of pressure and speed required create a black hole the hole itself would actually could actually potentially be a one-way door between universes mm. so if you think of a, like essentially a tunnel between in through time between this universe and the next one maybe if you threw yourself into the black hole, the shredded up particles that you used to be, because you would essentially be completely, I don't know, yeah. atomized. Pr pretty much. I mean, like, I've, I've watched a few videos on it. So it's like, it's one tiny point in the center of a black hole that's pulling you in. Yes. And the since, seed. It's called the seed. Right. And since you're not like a perfectly symmetrical being, different portions of your body, and it depends on where, like how you're facing the black hole too. Once you get into the area where it's going to start sucking you in the parts of your body that are closest to the hole are going to be dragged in first before the rest of the parts of your body mm -hmm. so it will rip you apart like bit by yeah bit. well right and the amount immense amounts of pressure essentially means true i mean yeah. you're basically just a bunch of shredded atoms at that point so you exist the matter that created you still exists but it is completely separated such that you are not you. <laughs> that right. makes sense. Anyways, the thought is we were sucked into one of those one-way doors and thrown into a different universe. So, what do you think about that? I, I, I don't say it's impossible, but I feel like how a black hole is created, like, or at least the theories of how a black hole is created, it's like a dying star that, like, supernovas, and then, like, once said dead star reaches a certain mass it gets more and more dense and dense and dense and then it just gets to an infinitely small point which then creates a black hole i don't know if that would create a door to another universe well the thought i mean there's an immense amount of speed happening within a black hole as well so the thought the, is the speed of things being dragged into it the black hole itself i don't think it's moving no it's moving where's it going the point is that's what I learned through my meandering through the internet. I mean, what's well, all theory? Like black yes. holes are theory. I mean, black holes do exist, especially after discoveries from the last few years, too. Right. But it's still very theoretical. Right, right, right. And I skipped a bunch of science stuff about infinitesimally small points called seeds, and then there's torsion and speed that affect the um, like direction of a black hole essentially creating the tunnel right i 
Uh, and I, w- if I understood it, I would be talking about it. <laughs> but it was so complicated it's, yeah. and just so theoretical to me that I could not picture it. So I'm boiling it down to to layman's terms. To layman's terms, black hole is a one way door between universes. Potentially, potentially, and this isn't like some weird conspiracy theorist that made that up. Physicists have actually hypo- hypothesized yes, that yes. this could be a thing that happened. Right. So. The thought is we were sucked into one of those one-way doors. Now we're in a different universe. But the thing is, how would we know? You know, because I don't remember being sucked into a vacuum heated to a billion degrees and, like, pooped into a new universe. Right. Do I you gu- remember? No, I guess the idea would be with the Higgs boson particle and, like, all of the chain reaction that, that may have set off, this would have happened so quickly and near simultaneously that almost everything would theoretically be the same right so it's not like you're being sucked into a black hole it's just we are suddenly rearranged rearranged. yep so nobody actually knows what a new universe would look like i mean a multiverse could mean anything you could be put into a universe full of upside down giant wieners i don't know right if that's if you subscribe to the idea of infinite possible universes too but that's not necessarily the case with multiverse theory right I mean, there could just be there could be two universes and mm-hmm. black holes are just like doors, just between one door them. between the two. Yes, exactly. The thought is that the universe we were sent to is exactly like our own, but with slight differences. There are a lot of people, a lot of people on this strange interwebs of ours that say that the world has felt different since 2012. Sure. I'm, and I'm sure a lot of people say that, like, oh, the good old days, back in the day when mm-hmm. we could do this. But these are people who say things like feel different. feel different. There are things they remember that never happened. And, I mean, you got to admit that these past couple of years have been a fucking whirlwind. I mean, we got Trump as the president, fascism, anti-fascism, political unrest, school shootings. Think of how intense those have gotten. Wars, a pandemic. We're all basically stuck in our... The, the world isn't even the same as it was last January. Yeah, I I have thoughts. I'll, I'll save my thoughts for that point later. I don't want to spoil the, the fun here for a sec. Oh, great. Well, now it makes me feel like you're just... No, no, no. I, just, I, this is, I remember reading this whole thread two years ago or whatever. I'm like, "Ah, I don't necessarily agree with this portion of the argument. Well, okay. Some people, and it feels like this is correct. I don't agree with it, but it might as well be. Some people think that we were sucked into the black hole and sent to hell. Okay. (laughs) Because um, just, it feels like everything is taking a turn for the worse. Yeah. I'm going to say, no, it hasn't. Can you imagine what it would be like living during the Black Plague when a third of the population died? Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. We live in a time where, like, there's less war than there ever has been. Yes. It's just with social media, we can all get very hyper-focused on certain, you know, events that may be happening around the world. It's just... And side note, if I hear the phrase, these unprecedented times, one more time, I... 
kick something. I will. Yes, that's. <laughs> I was going to say something a lot more drastic, but in reality, I will probably just kick something. Yeah. These aren't unprecedented times. If you were alive during the influenza of 1918, you would know there's a precedent. A third of the world died during the Black Plague. Like a third of Europe did. But that's still that's a ton that's of people. It's very Eurocentric <laughs> yes. of me. The point is, there's precedent, yeah. people. So get over yourselves. Anyways, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back off of that argument. <laughs> okay. So it's possible we got sent to hell. Sometimes it feels like it. Sure. But it's also possible that when the universe was destroyed, our collective consciousness just got sucked through a tunnel and moved into a universe that's exactly like ours, but not quite. Sure. Have you ever heard of the Mandela Effect? Yeah. Do you know what it is? Yeah, I think it was named that because a lot of people thought Nelson Mandela died in prison in South Africa mm -hmm. when he actually just very recently died. Yeah, he actually the lived a long and happy like, life. It was like 91 or something crazy like that. Right, he died in 2013. Yeah. So the yeah, the idea is like some people have different memories of certain things happening. So I know that right. one but of the common ones referred to as Berenstein versus Berenstein bears. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, basically people are remembering things that never happened. And but it's not it's just like, a group like memory. yes, it's not just one person saying like, oh, I thought Berenstein was spelt with an E and not an A or yeah. the other way around. It's a collective group of people who remember things the exact same way and that thing never happened. Right. I mean, the smallest examples of this are super dumb. Like, um, a lot of people think that JCPenney was spelled P-E-N-N-Y and not P-E-N-N-E-Y. Like, that sort of yeah. dumb. Like, to me, that doesn't, that's not even a good example of the Mandela no, effect. No, I don't that's think just... so either. I mean, you always see those types of things on clickbait stuff about this, but I think it is still something, still something worth looking at mm -hmm. because, especially with, you know, 24-hour news and how it's existed for the past few decades, I mean, they can change the narrative. So things may be brought to the masses to make us misremember things versus mm -hmm. people that were there remember it differently. Right. So. Well, how about this one? A lot, and I mean a lot, of people think that the Statue of Liberty is on Ellis Island. When it's not, it is on Liberty Island. It always has been. It has never been on Ellis Island. There are people on Facebook who have pictures of themselves geolocated to Ellis Island, standing in front of nothing, but it says, I'm here at the Statue of Liberty. Um, wait, wait. So they have picture. Wait, so is the picture of them with the Statue of Liberty, but it's just geo tagged at the wrong island? Or they are posing in front of and staring at literally nothing, but they are tagged as being on Ellis Island at the Statue of Liberty. I, so is that like a joke? I don't get it. No, the thought is, well, I mean, it could be. I don't This is the I mean, obviously, you know, if a statue is behind you. Or well, not. the thought is that these pictures were from the before time when we were in our past universe and the Statue of Liberty was on Ellis oh, Island. Oh, I see. And those pictures were taken, but there's some sort of glitch that I see residual imagery. Hmm. It's it's far fetched. I'll give no, you that. No, no, I mean that, that is a little more interesting than just like you know JC Penney's yes, an E versus I mean, a Y. Or that's whatever. just a very simple example in yeah, terms yeah, of yeah. explaining it. 
But a lot of people think that the Mandela effect isn't just some strange brain phenomenon. Phenomena? Phenomenon? Yeah, they think it's more of like something related to. It's like residual knowledge left over from our. Like a parallel universe. Travel to this universe. Right. Here's another one about the Statue of Liberty. For some reason, there's quite a few about the Statue of Liberty. You can't go to the torch of the Statue of Liberty. It's been closed for over 100 years. Nobody has been up there. However,. Wait, is that true? Yes. Okay. You can, yeah, it's been closed for a long time. Over 100 years, nobody's been up there. And um, I can't remember why exactly that was. It, something to do about World War One. There was like a plot of okay. some kind. But it's been closed. You can't travel up to the torch. You can't like, there because there's an area in the torch that's meant for like visiting, visiting and sightseeing. Yeah. But it's been closed again, 100 years. However, there are a lot of people right now, a lot, who say they have been there, and they even have pictures of themselves inside the torch. Here's my devil's advocate for this Please. specific point. I believe in, I think it was the first Ghostbusters, they are in the torch of the Statue of Liberty, or maybe they're in the crown. Maybe I'm wrong. They're likely in the crown. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong then. I was going to say, maybe people are just thinking of things like that from pop culture where they see things in the torch and they're like, oh yeah. And then it creates false memories in their head. Well, they have photographic proof. Yes. They have pictures of themselves in the torch. So how do we know if they're real or fake? Like has anyone ever tried analyzing them to see if they're shopped or anything? I'm sure people have. I know. I know. I know what the point is. I'm just thinking like, yes, no, there's gotta be a way to prove that. Yeah. It's just there are many people who think back to their tr- high school trips to New York City and yeah. how they visited the torch. Sure. And they were there. Like, have you ever had a memory that you know happened and then you talk to your mom about it and she's like, that never happened. Yeah. And that, that that's what I'm kind of saying. But like, you are convinced. Like, you know it happened. You but, have the specific memory in your head that that happened. And your mom's like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's what I mean, though. I feel like as we grow older, like easier to remember misremember things right and that's <laughs> first off you're crushing this no I'm this sorry. conspiracy sorry. theory but second i mean that's the most likely explanation well yeah and i guess why that's why I like love hate the whole idea of the mandela effect because i feel like there is merit to it it's mm-hmm. just the examples that are always given right are a little far-fetched right well you can go online and look For these pictures of the Statue of Liberty at Ellis Island or people in the torch. The point is it's supposed to point towards, is this a glitch in the Matrix? We have to bring that up every episode. Well, this is actually applicable, though. Yes, it is. But could that be a sign that we, our collective consciousness was uploaded to a certain piece of technology and there are certain glitches in which we remember a previous universe? Right. Have we been sucked into a black hole and sent to a parallel universe and there's some sort of residual atomic structure that preserved? Somehow memories weren't changed when they were supposed to be. Yeah. Right. So there are people, and this one is very (laughs) far-fetched. There are people who have claimed to have worked at CERN, who claim that they created the Mandela effect. Like the idea of it? Or yes. Just the- like they put it into people's heads. Here's the thing. 
This is the this is the least supported one. There's no information. Sure, in- I, I guess I'm still just confused though. When they say they created the Mandela effect, do they mean they created the concept of it and allowed people to think of examples, or they're the ones saying they created false memories? I believe they created the false memories. Okay. Yep. So there's no information backing these people's claims. So I mean, uh, this one I'm just telling you because it's interesting, but it's fake. It's got to be. These people claim that when the world was destroyed, we weren't sent to an alternate universe. We were uploaded into a simulation, like I said before, and that there are simulations within simulations within simulations. Essentially, it's a multiverse, but it's not organic. It's technology that's been created. The people making these claims and this claim was mostly made, I believe it was 4chan or Reddit. So, like, again... But, but simulation theory has taken off. Yes. There's like a documentary coming out about it. And like, I feel like a lot of it did originate with just trolls on the Internet after the Matrix came out. Right. I wouldn't take this as fact, but they bring up some interesting concepts because multiverses and simulations have been a part of human philosophy since the 200s CE. Yeah. I mean, we're talking Eastern philosophy. Alan Watts was a British philosopher. He was responsible for interpreting Buddhism and Taoism. 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 Spelled with a T, but okay, Taoism. (laughs) For Western minds in the 1940s. So he basically brought the concepts over and taught it to people in the West. Right. He described it as this, and I quote, Imagine a multidimensional spider's web in the early morning covered in dewdrops. Every dewdrop contains the reflection of every other dewdrop. In each of those reflected dewdrops are the reflections of all the other dewdrops reflected from the other dewdrops. Mm-hmm. And those reflections in those and the other dewdrops have reflections in those. And so ad infinitum. Mm-hmm. That is the Buddhist conception of the universe. Yeah. Essentially. So this whole multi-dimensional multiverse simulations within simulations it's not new at all it's not new to 2012 it's just so happens that it occurred on 2012 yeah and we have new terminology for it like simulations and stuff right so okay so if you don't believe anything i've talked about so far even i mostly don't believe anything i've said so far there's no multiverse no simulations the world's been perfectly fine this entire time the Mandela effect is probably just some sort of weird cross wiring in our brains or some sort of weird collective human consciousness thing. But the Mayans were not the only ones who predicted the end of a cycle in 2012. Did you know that? Mm-mm. A man named Terence McKenna actually predicted a reality arranging event that would occur in 2012. Okay, so full dis- <laughs> full disclosure. This man is not a physicist. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think probably the best thing to call him would be uh, a philosopher. Philosopher. Okay. He wrote about a large variety of subjects. He wrote about language. He was really into psychedelics, uh, shamanism, botany, theoretics. He wrote about human consciousness. He's got a bunch of books out there. His name is Terence McKenna. He died in 2000. At the age of 53. Um, but he read the I Ching. You heard that? The ancient Chinese divination text written around 1000 BCE. Okay. 
yeah, it sounds does it sound familiar to you? I've yeah. studied a lot of Eastern philosophy in college. Religion, yeah, yeah. Is it spelled I Q I N? It could be. This is spelled I C H I N G, but I assume it's because it's a translation from Chinese to yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yes. Anyways, so he read the I Ching. Using concepts from this ancient text, he developed a theory that the nature of time isn't linear. No. It's based on fractal patterns. Okay. And when you were describing the dewdrops on the spider web, that like that's what I was yeah. thinking of the entire time. It's like fractals exist in pretty much every single form of matter in the universe. We're all built of building blocks and everything follows a pattern and it's not actually random. And I have these exactly. thoughts when I'm trying to fall asleep and I can't fall asleep. <laughs> That's why this made it on a little spooky. Because even if you don't find any of this spooky, just contemplate the end of the world. Or just contemplate the existence of fractals and how yes. it's literally just code that we're all in. Essentially, yes. So his concept is time is a fractal pattern. Yeah. It's not constant, but it tends towards certain habits. Yeah, Certain patterns. Yes, there's a pattern to it. So he worked out a mathematical waveform called the novelty time wave. Essentially, like there's there's the constant regular time and then novel events happen and things change. He superimposed actual dates from human history onto the graph that he created and using population growth, pollution statistics, oil numbers <laughs> he maybe, determined maybe it's like oil use or something yes like that. he determined that the universe is going to end in 2012 and it's essentially going to be sparked by some anomalous event some novelty event like similar to the atomic bomb dropped on hiroshima it's still very like earth-centric thinking though yes was he saying like it's going to be the end of the earth or the end of the universe end of the universe based on data of our own consumption and that's very interesting that's a very interesting point it is very earth-centric i mean if we're talking a universe and as we've discussed in the past there's more than likely a life somewhere else in this infinite universe of ours there has to be yes it would be near impossible if there wasn't right so, you know, what about the novel events that have happened on their planets? Right. But essentially, there's an easier way to describe his theory. And I'm going to attribute this to Nick Hinton. Basically, the world started out very simply. And as time goes on, people and ideas and events get more and more and more complex. Yeah. Whatever that means. I mean, that's just like how evolution works too, right? Like th- things get better and then like, I don't know. I, so I guess we, got, we I, become more intelligent so more complex things happen. And I don't think that's true. I think that the world is equally as complex as it was 10,000 years ago. I just that's think... not that long ago though. Well, right. I'm talking about human, human history, I suppose. Okay, sure. I think that humans, it's not that we've gotten more intelligent or maybe we have to a degree over like evolutionary time. But I think that that relationships and events and disputes and everything were equally as complex and mathematical ideas and everything. They just weren't the same. And that as time has gone on, we've 
added to them, improved them, but I don't necessarily think they're any more or less complex than they were originally. With, with specific ideas and theories, yeah, I completely agree with you. I guess that things are just becoming more complex on the whole because of industry and discoveries of new technology. Yes, yep, and disco- but does that make it more complicated or does that, that just adds... Well, even the discovery of the Higgs boson particle. Now things are super complicated. That's a valid point. Well, the point is, this guy essentially, as the universe, as events in time, everything gets more complex. The novel events get more major, I guess. Sure. And there would eventually reach a peak where there would be one novel event that essentially just ends the entire universe. And his prediction was November 2012. And it doesn't really end. I, I imagine it's more of like a restart or like a decline rather than his it just ends. was a cataclysmic event. Interesting. Okay. Then he heard about the Mayan theory that it would end on December twenty first, twenty twelve, and he kind of like adopted that as well. He was like, "Oh, before okay. he died, didn't he die in two thousand? Yeah, yeah. So people were even discussing that. Before. The Mayan, yes." Yeah, that's been coming out. Oh, I thought for a that was time. kind of became that became kind of like a thing. No, after no. two thousand. No, because it was the, all Y two K before that. Yeah, right. But the calendar round and the long count. I mean, that's was discovered long before two thousand. Sure, I guess. Yeah, I thought people just kind of put it off as like you know, it's just the end of their calendar, but maybe not. Mm-mm. When was that text you were talking about? When was that found? If you, I don't mm. know if you know that or I not. I feel like it was like the fifth. Or the 70s. Okay. It was before. Before 2000. 2000. Okay. I don't, take this guy's theory what you will. I mean, I'm also going to point out that he wrote quite a few books and was a huge fan of psychedelic mushrooms. Oh, I think you say Star Trek for some reason. I don't <laughs> Likely know Star Trek as well. I, if I was on mushrooms, I guess maybe that would make it yeah. extra fascinating. I don't know. Make of that theory what you will. But the point, the reason I bring that up is... For some reason, there are multiple theories that the end of 2012 was the end of the the universe. Right. Something about that year, arbitrarily, multiple people assumed that the world would end. But say that guy didn't convince you, <laughs> which I assume <laughs> he didn't. Have you this? And this is a completely we got to do an episode about this because this is spooky. But have you ever heard of the time travel experiments at Montauk Air Base? That sounds familiar. I'm sure you've heard of them in passing. Yeah. If you listen to spooky podcasts. Right. Um, And we'll have to do an episode about this. But it's been alleged that there were a series of government projects conducted at Montauk Air Base in New York, and they were meant to develop weapons for psychological warfare and research things like time travel, that sort of thing. It wouldn't surprise me if there was an airbase at which they were conducting experiments of that kind. Wait, so this is still, like, conspiracy? There's no proven existence of this, like there was for MKUltra? Because, like, yes. that actually did happen. Yeah, sure. I don't know that there's been actual... Because they've, they've released studies and stuff about MKUltra. Yeah, they declassified documents. Yes, I don't, nothing about this, I believe, has been declassified, and please correct me if I'm wrong, if if any of the listeners Did you say what year this was in? So I didn't, I purposely didn't research much into it. Okay, sure, sure. But just because Nick Hinton brought it up in his theories, I've got to cover it. So there's an airbase in New York meant to develop 
psychological warfare, weaponry, time travel, etc. Preston B. Nichols. What a name. I know. Kind of cool. He was a whistleblower and he wrote books about these projects. He claimed that they were able to time travel, but they were not able to time travel past the year 2012. Weird. Because they couldn't find any future beyond it. Well, he describes it as there there was a wall there. Like you hit, you get 2012 and nothing. You can't move forward. Maybe their algorithm was working off of the Mayan calendar <laughs> and they just couldn't do it. But you know what's interesting is he gave an interview about this in 2014. Two years after yeah. the alleged potential end of the universe. So... What does that mean? Well, that could be another piece of evidence that we are in a different universe than we were previously. That's true. So if if he had been in the previous universe, time traveling, they can't get past 2012. 2012 happens. Boom. We get sucked into a black hole. Now we're in a different universe. He still exists. But, you know, time keeps going. But you said he was a whistleblower, so I assume he's just not involved with that project anymore if it existed. So he probably doesn't know if we can travel into a future year now. Like, can we travel to like 2040 now in 2021? Right. I don't know. I don't know if the Montauk experiments are still happening. But point one for potential alternate universe. Possible, Eh? yeah. So the last theory I'm going to talk about is that this one... This theory, again, I'm bringing it up because Nick Hinton did. I don't like this theory. It doesn't make sense to me, and it doesn't really matter. (laughs) But the last theory is not that the universe has ended, but that we've reached the end of history. Meaning, this isn't the end of the world or the universe, but it's more of a theory that humanity has reached the end of its Socio-cultural evolution. Basic, oh, like we've reached our peak. Yes, plateauing. like it's a stagnation of human process progress. Okay. Basically, I don't disagree with that. Honestly. Well, uh, Western liberal democracy will become the final form of government in the universe. Events will still happen. People will still be living. Time will still go on, but democracy will just be more prevalent in the long term. So there's not going to be any giant wars, no giant life-changing discoveries, because what is the point of continual searching, I guess? Well, I guess as a society, that's what the argument is, because, like, there could be an asteroid that hits Earth or something, and that, you know, changes everything. Well, right, and again, this is another one of those completely Earth-centric, human-centric theories. And Western-centric, too. Very, yes. I mean, democracy hasn't been around that long, so, I mean, it's yet to be seen what the very long-term effects are. Um, It's been around since ancient Greece. Yes, but, I mean, if we're talking about the entirety of human existence... Yeah. I mean, it's still fairly new. The The evidence these people use is that countries with mature democracies rarely go to war with each other. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like, if every country has is a mature democracy, 
what use would they have in going to war with each other? I don't know. Well, and, I, again, I don't like this theory. Well, and I was just going to say, though, that this is the macro way of thinking with this theory. I guess when it, when I when you first started describing this, I was thinking on the more of a micro level, and I'm very pessimistic when it comes to like social media and stuff. And I feel like we have so much information available to us through social media that we're getting like dumber because we don't want to seek out certain stuff, yeah. and we're just we we consume what's given to us sure. based on you know what these companies are giving us. Right. Same with news and everything. They're kind of following their own agenda. So I don't know. It feels like we're kind we kind of are plateauing when it comes to like yeah. educated, intelligent discussion. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, tech people are still going to be motivated to to build new things, sure, to think of, of new course. things, to discover why the world is the way that it is. I mean, we're trying to go to Mars. Exactly. Like, so. I, this to me is definitely not a point in favor of the world ending in 2012. No, because I, this is an no, interesting point. Yes. is what I mean. Like it, maybe it's more of like a warning, right? Like we need to like, right? Have Essentially, less I mean, or, all I'm getting is you know people are going to get more um, complacent. The world will get more boring. I mean, I guess there won't be any more ethnic clashes or religious fundamentalism i don't know but i don't necessarily think that means the end of human progress unless no 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 you consider conflict to be a stimulator of progress which i mean yeah okay what it was is happening in 2020 well like, yes no it is but i don't think it's the only thing that sparks progress no of course not so i don't like that nick hinton not into that theory but all your other stuff good shit the final point that he makes is that if you think fourth dimensionally. Ooh. I, before you even talk about this, I honestly was thinking earlier in this episode, I want my next episode to be about the fourth dimension. Okay, well, this is like a wrap-up sentence. I'm not really getting okay. really anything interesting. But if you think fourth dimensionally, the world's already ended. Like, you could say that the moment the universe began... Its ending was predestined. Predetermined. Yes, yeah. its ending was set in stone. Or maybe we're in a constant cycle of big bangs and big crunches. I wanted to say that earlier too before we moved on. Like yes. that, that is one of the, the more common theories now in a lot of like um, astronomy is right. Yeah, like the Big Bang, eventually it's going to reach a point where it can't sustain itself by continuing to expand, so then it contracts. Right. And then we just start all over again. And maybe it contracts because of the Higgs boson particle. I mean, that would be or the Higgs field. for it. Yeah. Right, exactly. So maybe we're just in this endless cycle, and maybe, maybe it's already happened. Maybe at the beginning of the universe. It definitely hasn't happened, though. At, at least with that specific theory, with the contracting and expanding. Sure. Because... And I won't get too much into detail because it's super boring, but there's something called background radiation. So there's like a certain measurement that is kind of proof of the Big Bang happening. Sure. So if we were contracting, those measurements would change. So we're still expanding. Oh, okay. But well, I mean, maybe the universe began the moment you were born and it ends the moment you die because you are actually non-existent and you're a simulation. Or... The universe is a creation it, yeah. of your own imagination, and um, you're a completely meaningless speec of nothing in an infinite universe that will likely end in the future, and people it will forget end, you, yeah. and that That's is a life, little baby. spooky. 
That's life, baby. That's life. Anyways, it it's more. It was more sciencey. A little than, more sciencey, but it's, than spooky. But if you um lay down tonight and yeah. think about um, more, your place in the universe, it's I guarantee yeah. you'll go through an existential crisis. Yeah, it's existential dread versus just like a cryptid type spooky. Yes. Um. I so first thoughts. You, I already can tell you don't believe the world ended in 2012. But what do you think of these theories? I think there is a lot of merit to most of these theories, even if like you just take them with a grain of salt and kind of think like that's an interesting, you know, maybe there's like a half truth to it. I so one thing after I read before I started doing research and again, I apologize. My research wasn't like super in-depth. A, It's a lot to talk about. It's a lot to talk about. It would get really boring. I have limited brain capacity to store all of these facts i mean i'm sure there are plenty of things i got wrong but um any theoretical physicists out there please feel free to offer your thoughts the point is i read a bunch of different comments afterwards right where people were like this blew my mind man sure but the number one majority sentiment was like you know what you're right the world has felt different since then and that to me is dumb because yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, the world has definitely been different since 9-11. I mean, I yeah, definitely I feel, like, feel like the world has changed since 9-11. And I definitely, that, for sure, yeah. the world has changed since t- February 2020. I think, I think 2001 was a definite more of Cultural a major shift. turning point yes. than 2012 was. Yes. So, I, I mean, what was I doing in 2012? My yeah. life feels as though it has continued on a logical path since 2012 that's my life but i i mean okay so my 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 whole takeaway from this whole thing is the whole point of this theory and the theory surrounding it kind of centered around the higgs boson particle yes and that's the most believable part yeah and i i think there definitely is a little bit of like fear involved with that and you haven't heard anything in the news about that since then, really, mm-hmm. other than Stephen Hawking. I mean, of course, he's passed, rest in peace. But ever since his quote about the God particle and whatever it was, 2014, there hasn't really been any other talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like... There's also been a lot of shit happening in the world that's true, been distracting True, us. And I'm sure it's extremely expensive to kind of do research with uh-huh. this thing that we can And I imagine control. dangerous. Yes. So that that was my point, too. It's like, I wonder if he kind of convinced CERN and other scientists across the world, like, we shouldn't even be touching this. Like, this may be disastrous. And I think that's a little bit more scary than, like, you know, existential dread with the fourth dimension. And it's that there's like an, a universal atomic bomb at our fingertips much, that yeah. could explode at any and second. I guess my, my point is, like, if something did happen with the Higgs boson particle, we probably would have realized it happened because we probably all would have died if we were sucked into a black hole. Well, we probably wouldn't have realized it happened because we would not exist and this podcast wouldn't exist. And that's that's my like, point. Right. Yeah. Like we would have noticed if it happened because we wouldn't be here. Today. <laughs> like, well, that's the whole point of the alternate universe. Just think about your place in the universe, people. <laughs> Or so don't. does it really matter if I eat that entire sheet cake by myself? No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's probably not even real. 
All right, all right. So that's enough about that. Yeah. The world we're we're living in an alternate dimension. Well, Do you have any? Well, but the thing is, we're still living. So. Live the best yeah. you can. Like eat that whole sheet cake. Just do your best. <laughs> Try <laughs> just, your hardest. Just do it. Okay, so I do have a very short story that I wanted to share with everyone because I thought it was so odd and so like so bizarre. Very short story. So in Edinburgh, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah, in Scotland, the capital of Scotland. There was this lady. I'm not going to even like get too specific with the story because it's not that long. So there's this lady that lost her cat and she was putting up these like lost pet posters across sure. town. And I don't think the amount of time was specified, but she went back to maybe she was collecting the posters or maybe she was like, you know, just in the same area or something. But someone had written on one of the posters an extremely creepy message. Okay. I am fine. I have chosen to live with Roxanne. No red light. <laughs> Wait, red light? Yeah, the song. Roxanne. No red light. <laughs> All right, goes. <laughs> but, but the point is, what the hell does it mean? Somebody took her cat and right. doesn't want to give it back. Yeah, but what does that clue mean? The no, red, no red light. That sounds like something I would write because I just felt compelled to, like, finish the song lyric. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't know. She's The cat's living with Roxanne now. No red light. It's a message. <laughs> I don't think it's a message. I think it's like how when I'm like, hey, wake me up before you leave. I always have to say, wake me up before you go, go. I don't know, man. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> Maybe you are a conspiracy theorist. What if okay? If we lost our dog, we have a dog too. I wouldn't look in addition for it. to the cats that destroyed our whatever last episode. If we lost her and we put up signs saying, Oh, lost dog, let us know, call us if you find her. And then someone wrote like a message like her name's Biscuit, if, yeah. you, if you care. And we and someone wrote, I have Biscuit now. She's eating tea and biscuits with us now or something like that. Like, does that mean like they're feeding her parts feeding, of her own body? Right. Yeah. You mean like how my mom gives her pet chickens eggs <laughs> sometimes? <laughs> you just called out your mom. Yeah, I think sorry, she mom. listens. <laughs> Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm just not getting the vibe. I ju yeah. It just sounds like okay, somebody stole fine. this lady's cat. Well, no, that definitely happened. Or at least that's the implication. But I'm just confused by the message that was left. <laughs> First off, if Biscuit got lost, you would put up posters and an hour later I would take them down. Because <laughs> okay. this is... All right. Well, that's enough of that. So if you would like to share a story with us and have it have us read it on the podcast, send it to us. Yes. You can send it to our email or our social medias. Our social media are I'm I don't know what I'm even saying anymore. I'm so distraught. <laughs> it's Nerdsloth HQ on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you want to email us, you can email us at contact at nerdsloth.com. You can visit our website, www.nerdsloth.com. Check out all of our other podcasts with the rest of the crew. My brain is frazzled, like, from all this thinking of, like, existential dread. And you did the research on it, too. I was just, like, in my own head thinking, like... 
Yeah, and I didn't even I didn't even explain it very well. But like, if you sit down and you think about it by yourself, well, that's what I was doing while you were telling me the story. (laughs) So I'm like, so you weren't listening? No, I I was. That's what I mean. Like I was listening and also like having like a thought. Like I don't even exist. I'm going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. All right. I love y'all. Love y'all. Feel free to let us know what you thought about this episode. And send us your tales, your your messages, or anything you want at uh, the things we told you already. We already talked about them. All right. Bedtime. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.